Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Everybody, welcome aboard. Today is Omega Man Radio's birthday. It's 13 years since we've started this program. I'm going to call this season 13 then. And uh, we're excited to spend it here with Pastor John Terrell coming to you live here on June 22nd, 2023 from Sacramento, California. His website is eaec.org. Brother John, you want to open us in prayer? I'll be very happy to. Heavenly Father, thank you once again. We can gather here around the Megaman Radio. And Father God, we can begin to look again at your word to see what you have told us. And I thank you right now for the anointing. I cannot go without an anointing by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for filling me right now with what I need today. At the same time, also I anoint everyone listening so that, Father God, we'll be able to go from spirit to spirit and to find out exactly what you want us to do. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome back. 
<clears throat> Thank you. To those of you that uh, wrote to me and asked for an outline, uh, actually the lesson plan that I'm working on, uh, I'm going to start on page number nine uh, today. So this is where we're going to start. And um, so now we're going to look upon guidance of a believer. We're going to try to get into the very details. So a believer in Christ, now I'm talking to people that are born again. If you're not born again, uh, you will not understand this. But if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit indwells in you, and you have a spirit that was born by the Holy Spirit. So you have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, it is with the spirit that we receive information from God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a communicator, and he does not communicate to the flesh. He does not communicate to the soul. He communicates to the spirit. And... So we need to be tuned in. So the question is now, how do you operate with your spirit? Number one, if you have unforgiveness in your life, then the transmission from the Holy Spirit to your spirit is blocked. If you live in sin, let's say, for example, that you are um, smoking, drinking, chasing, doing things that you should not do, and a lot of Christians do that, they're backslidden. Don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit. That does not mean that we're going to be perfect. But it simply means this, that we have to line up with God's word. we got to line up with how Jesus wants us to live. And when we do that, then the Holy Spirit can communicate. We will hear it. We will understand it. And we will then, the spirit in you will then simply take control of your soul and your soul brain and implement God's plan in your life. Let's start with a couple of scriptures here that, <clears throat> that will help us out to get going. The first scripture is from Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 and 18. This I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall fulfill the, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. So, with other words. <clears throat> To 
let, let me see if I can give you a very simple explanation. <clears throat> I use usually two different types of shoes. Uh, we live in a, in a countryside and I exercise and so on, so I walk around. So I have what you call it uh, flip-flops. I use flip-flops when I walk from the house to the car, when I walk around on the in the in the yard where we have no grass. But if I'm going to go to an area on the property where I have grass. When they are closed. Am I still on? Yes, sir. You're live. You just uh, glitched just for a second. Keep going. Okay. So, using these two different types of shoes, I can either, if I walk in the grass, I have one set of shoes. If I walk not in the grass, but on ground and and so on, I use my flip-flops. So, I make a choice how I walk. The same thing now, being in the spirit. So, I simply make a decision that I'm going to walk in the spirit. How do I walk in the spirit? Well, it is built into me because I have read enough of the Bible that you don't lie, you you don't scream at people, um, you don't watch stuff that you shouldn't watch, uh, you don't go to sites that you know are not good, I don't read bad material. So I'm simply make sure that I am clean. It doesn't mean that I am sin-free. But it means that what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to walk as close as I can to Jesus and using the Bible as my guidance. So the next scripture I want to use here is John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If any man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. This was the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 25 and by the way if you're listening to me you says, uh, I want to have this outline I want to have the write-up that you're working from uh, it is available we send it out to you with an email free of charge just go to our website eac.org and put in a request that says that you want to have the outline that I'm using on Omega Man Radio and we will send it to you So, Jesus said, if a man love me, 
he would keep my words and my father would love him. Let me see if I can illustrate that to you. Let's talk about a marriage. So, I'm going to use myself as an example. I met my wife to be when I was barely 20 years old. And she was one year older than me. So she was 21. Now, I had in a time past before I met my wife, Ina, I'd had a number of different girlfriends. Matter of fact, I lived, it, it, the way where we, we had a city, we had a, a very close city, it was only about five miles apart. And so I lived in one town, and then there was another town that was bigger than I, I was living in. But it was so close that the basic was one town. So I would have one girlfriend in one town. I would have another girlfriend in the other town. And uh, I was simply thinking, you know, well, if I go to this other town, you know, my first girlfriend, when I live, you know, she's not going to find out when I'm at. Well, it didn't work out. And so the one girlfriend saw, you know, that was off with another girlfriend, and that didn't work out too well. So, anyway, I was a toe-timer, what I called, before I met my future wife. I was in a backsliding condition. I was a Christian, but I was in a backsliding condition. And I knew this, that if I wanted, I, I wanted to marry her. I mean, after the first week or so, I simply felt this is a woman I'm going to marry. This is it. So I had to make a decision. I had to drop all my girlfriends. I simply could not have my future wife and these other women. So I made a decision. I'm not going to call these other women anymore. I'm not going to visit them anymore. I'm not going to do anything with them anymore. I'm done. I'm going to devote myself entirely to this woman that I'm going to marry. Now, she had some things that she wanted me to do. And the one thing was that I was drinking alcohol. And uh, so about... The third week after we had started dating, she had a serious talk with me. And she said, um, I think I love you, but there's one thing that you're going to have to make a decision on. She said, you cannot have me and drink alcohol at the same time. So you're going to have to make a decision. If we're going to continue to be together, there can be no drinking anymore. Well, I come from a family where we had a number of alcoholics that have been crashed and so on. So I knew that there was demons in me. I didn't know at that particular time. But regardless if I liked to get drunk, 
I looked at Ina and I simply says, well, I like her more than I like the alcohol. So that's going to go. So I stopped drinking. Now, as we then eventually, we got engaged. And about a year later, we got married. Our marriage was good in this way that my wife, she simply, she had boyfriend that she had had before she met me. And she severed all contacts with him. And she devoted herself to me. I had severed all my contact with my girlfriends. I devoted myself completely to my wife. And so we were married for 59 years before she passed away. And we had a good marriage in this way that we knew what we had to do in order to keep our relationship great. So just like you have a marriage now, there are things you got to drop off that you cannot have. You cannot have that and a good marriage at the same time. Let's go back to Jesus now. So I'm going to read again. John 14, 23-25 and, and I want you to listen now with your spirit. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Alright, what are the words? Well, that's the Bible. Jesus is the author of the Old Testament. Jesus is the author of the New Testament through the Holy Spirit. So, whatever things Jesus said in the Old Testament still goes today. Now, we don't do the sacrificial law. The sacrificial law, he was fulfilled and we don't sacrifice anymore. But everything else stands, which means the Ten Commandments. For example, and the Ten Commandments says you shall not commit adultery. And uh, you should honor your father and your mother. You shall have one of gods before me and so on. So, if you really want to fine tune yourself, then read the Ten Commandments and uh, simply say, okay, this is what Jesus wants. So, I'm going to do that. We're not doing this to get saved, but we're doing this to have a great relationship with Jesus. You can have a marriage that is like hell because the two husband and wife do not love each other. They do not care for each other. They are not simply taking consideration of one another. And so then, you know, there's, there's no fellowship. It's gone. So to have fellowship with Jesus now, we simply say, I want to keep your words. <clears throat> and then he said this. 
If a man loved me, he would keep my words. My father would love him, and we would come unto him and make our abode with him. In other words, Jesus said, me and dad are going to come, and we're going to abide in you. And this is done through the Holy Spirit. He that loves me not, keeps not my sayings. And the word which we hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So Jesus said, it's not my words now, it's my Father. The things I've spoken to you being yet present with you. Now the Apostle Paul understood this concept. Through the scriptures. Only through the scriptures. So we're going to read now from Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You won't have faith, you read the Bible and the word would give you faith. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, Paul wrote this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He wants us to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is not exceptional, but that's reasonable. That's the least you can do is to present your body a living sacrifice. All right, let me now try to illustrate that for you. I'm a pastor of a church called Resurrection Life of Jesus Church. I have other ministers under me. I got my nephew Charles Terrell. He's a pastor. And I have staff members like Carol. In order for me, in order for me to communicate with them, I got to be loving, I got to be kind, I got to be considerate. The same goes if you are a supervisor and you have people working under you. If I would come in and I would simply scream and holler and say, you know, the, you knuckleheads, you know, why didn't you finish this job? You know, what, who rocked you? I mean, you, you're stupid as a, as a rock. I mean, if I would talk like this to the people, they would simply say, we are out of here. Uh, we, we don't have to work for you. If you're going to be at that type of a boss, Forget it. 
do it yourself. So, in life, all of us know this. So, if you are a supervisor, if you're a boss, if you work whatever business you're in, if it's a factory, if it's a store, whatever, you notice that you have to get along with people. You have to get along with people above you. You have to get along with people below you. And you have to get along with people around you. If you understand that concept, they call you a very successful businessman or a very successful pastor or a very successful entrepreneur. It's a key is to get along with people and to do that. You got to treat them nice. You got to be loving, kind. You got to be long suffering. You got to have patience. And if you have that and you use this in your daily life, you will be very successful in what you do. But the moment that you're going to be obstinate, ugly, bad, and so on. Things are not going to go well. So we understand that now. So that is how Jesus wants us to treat him. We come to him with respect. And Jesus said, okay, fine, you know, I saved you, I love you. But if you love me, keep my words keep my commandments. Well, Jesus, you know, I like to gamble a little bit, you know, and uh, uh, sometimes I like to get uh, high on some drugs and, you know, uh, I like to watch some porn once in a while and, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of things I like to do that I know that you don't approve, but, you know, I, I still want to love you I'm just going to have this stuff beside me. And Jesus is simply saying this. If you do that, you don't love me. And the communication is cut off. So it's pretty simple if you really think about it. It's not complicated. Because you have been through the school of hard knocks. And you notice if you go to a store and you can't find something, and you, you flag down someone working in a store and simply said, hey, you stupid knucklehead, you're good for nothing. Tell me, where do I find this particular item in your stupid store? That guy's going to look at you and say, <laughs> I'm not even talking to you. He just walks away. So... If you want to find something, you got to come up to a clerk and say, excuse me, please, can you help me to find this particular item? And they always say, of course. And if there's a nice store, they, they said, just follow me and I'll take you straight to where you want to have. So 
what I'm trying to get across to you is, is something this. Treat Jesus the way that you treat people around you. You treat them nice because you know if you don't treat them nice, they are not going to service you. They're not going to help you out. They're simply going to walk away from you. And that's exactly how we should treat Jesus Christ. Let me read again Romans 12.1. This is very fundamentally, it's just foundation teaching. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that's where we start. So make up your mind and says, well, okay, that's how Jesus wants me to live. That's how he wants me to contact, work with him. Uh, I'm going to do that because I do love him. I am born again. I am going to heaven. I'm going to live with Jesus forever. I'm going to get along with him. I want the Holy Spirit to talk to me. Salvation is such a radical experience that Jesus called it being born again. And Paul spoke about being a brand new creation. In John 3, 3, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 3, we read this. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, said unto you, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's happened to us. You have accepted Christ, you're born again. In 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 18, we read this. Wherefore, Henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, through we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's a powerful scripture here that Paul wrote down. So, let me again, I'm trying to give examples so you can understand this. Uh, Brother Shannon and I, we, we haven't met in person, but we have met, I've seen him, on Skype, um, we talked uh, privately, and we've been doing, I've been programs for him for 13 years. Now, Shannon and I are two different people. Uh, he comes from a different background than me, uh, different education, and so on. He comes from a diff different church background than I come from. And so, as we begin to work together, I begin to realize this, 
that there were some things that Shannon believed that I did not necessarily believe. And vice versa, there were some things that I believed that Shannon did not necessarily believe. Now, we had more in common than we had that separated us. So, we made a decision. And that was simple this. We agreed to disagree on certain issues because the issues we disagreed upon had nothing to do with salvation, had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It was not of essential. It was simply other things, doctrine in the Bible. And so, for 13 years, we worked together. But now, here is how our relationship is good. I respect Shannon. He respects me. We simply honor each other as he's a man of God. I'm a man of God. We are working together on certain things. And we simply, through respect and love, I love Shannon. Amen. And because of that, we can cooperate and get things done. Just like in a marriage, a wife and a husband are not going to be exactly on every page on everything. So you got to learn to simply respect this as well. That's how you believe. I don't, but I respect you. I respect your opinion and so on. This is how you want to now walk before Jesus. Now, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he does not take any slack. You cannot, he would, he would, he was, you cannot simply say, Jesus, I know that you don't like me to drink, but I'm going to drink anyway because that's what I want. And he's going to say, fine, if you're going to do that, I'm going to cut my communication with you. And I'm going to instigate, I'm going to start some punishment. I'm going to start to chastise you. And just like you have a child, if a child says to daddy, you know, I'm not going to eat this and uh, throws it on the floor, the father's not going to say, oh, poor little son, you didn't like that. I will wipe up the floor. I clean up the floor. No, that dad was up to take the boy, turn him over and heat up his rear end a little bit, and simply says, you do this again, and next time you're going to get more heat. So we get spanked. Let's come back now to this. So, this is how you walk. So, simply say this, Jesus is my Lord, he's my Savior, and I'm going to praise him, since he is the boss I cannot deviate. I cannot say, well, I like this, what you said here, Jesus, in. When it comes to forgiveness. So, in Second Corinthians here now, I want to read it again. Wherefore, henceforth, knew we no man after the flesh. Yea, through we have known Christ after the flesh. 
yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if I be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In order for us to come into the new life in Christ, we must drop our current way of thinking and totally reprogram our soul mind so that we can line up in faith with the word of God. It is imperative to know the will of God in order to grow in faith and claim what belongs to us in Christ. If a believer in Christ continues to dwell and partake in the sewer pit of the world, it will stop the divine flow in his life, and there will be very little guidance from the Lord, and almost no growth at all. It is necessary that we make a daily choice in this matter. This is from Luke chapter 9. And he, Jesus, said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. And then we read this. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. (laughs) So, here is what Jesus simply expects of us. Take up your cross daily. What do you do? Go out and get a wooden cross? And uh, strap it to your back? No. Your cross is your interaction with other people. Because other people are not always going to treat you nice. You're going to get screamed at the times. Other times, people are going to take advantage of you. Sometimes they, they not treat you with dignity. And so, the cross of Jesus is that you are willing to accept the insults, the bad words spoken to you, the neglection of you. With other words, when you are treated like a dirt bag by some people, that's your cross. Now, What you need to do is you simply need to pray for the person that treats as a dirt bag. Try the best to shine 
Now, it doesn't mean that you simply allow daily beatings with some to take a baseball bat and beat you up every day. I'm talking here about verbal abuse. I'm talking about not being respected. So in the world, we're not going to be respected. Some people, if you get in a conflict with someone and you're going to say, well, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. They're not open for that. So the way we carry the cross is simple this. We don't lash out. We don't pick up a gun and shoot them. Last week in the state of Idaho, there were two families living in a house. It was a two-story house, and we had on the ground floor, we had a young man and his wife and small children. Was a, uh, he probably was about 30 years old, and his wife and the children were anywhere from 5 to 10 years old. And uh, so there was a backyard, and the children would play in the backyard. On the top floor lived a mother, she was single, and she had a, a son, and her grandfather, I think there were two, two, two children now, and uh, the, the, her children were teenagers. So one day, the, uh, the small children went out to the backyard to play, and a teenage boy on the second floor went to the window and simply exposed himself. He showed his uh, body parts and to these children. So they went in the house and said, hey, you know, so-and-so you know, does this and that. So uh, the, the father of the small children uh, he had a talk, and he simply told the mother and the grandfather that, you know, this is not acceptable. I was born children, you know, I don't want some indecent exposure to them. Can you have, please have him not do that? So a couple of days later, they were in, in both families were in, uh, actually, the, one family was in the yard, and the young man, <clears throat> young father was in the yard, and he got into an argument. So he pulled out a, a, a pistol, and he simply, one by one, he killed that entire family that lived on top of him. And then he simply sat down on the stairs outside his front door, put the pistol on the side, whatever he had, and simply waited for the cops. So he simply said this, I had to protect my children. Now, that response is not Christ-like. You don't shoot people. You, you have to solve the issues. If he should have simply said, well, if I have these people upstairs, they're going to behave like this, we're going to move. He could have moved. Now, his children will not will grow up without the father. The family above simply got blown into eternity. Who knows if they're saved or not? So 
that's not how you settle things. You simply take up your cross and you walk with your cross. And if the situation is so bad, you walk away. But you don't shoot people. You don't hurt them. You don't do that. And Jesus said to him, this is my next point here. No man, having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now I learned this, that when Jesus calls you to do something, if it is a full-time ministry, if he calls you to uh, be a Sunday school teacher, he calls you to be uh, um, whatever in a church that you have, or certain things, you work in a rescue mission and so on. Once you put your hand to the plow, you can't look back. Now, to explain to you what does mean, because most of you have never been plowing with a plow. So, picture yourself this now at the time of Jesus. They had small farms, and they had oxen that would pull the plow, and it would be just just one blade, and the guy would hold it in the back, there would be a handle on it, and he would try to plow the ground so he could plant. Now, I have actually done that as a young child. Uh, I was living, we had a vacation on, on a farm, and they, they was old-fashioned, they had a horses and I had a plow behind it so I simply said I'd like to try that so <clears throat> my fur was when I was trying to do it was going all over the place so they taught me this he says now when you start this you look at the end of the field pick a point and you never let your eyes get off that point if you do that then when you go, you plow, it will be straight. They will not be crooked. But the moment you look back, you're going to get off track and it's going to be crooked. And this is what Jesus said. Once you're plowing, you have to fix your eye upon the point in front of you that you want to reach. That point is Jesus. And you don't turn around and look back and say, well, I don't think I was called into the ministry. Or, um, this is too hard. I, I'm going to go home now. I, I, I'm going to quit. I, I don't want to be a missionary anymore. I don't want to be a pastor anymore. I don't want to be an evangelist anymore. I don't want to be a deacon. I don't want to be a Sunday school teacher. It is too hard. Jesus simply says, okay, that's how you feel. I'm going to drop you. You are not fit for the kingdom of God. So in order now to please Jesus, this is, we have to condition ourselves. Just like I conditioned myself when I met Ina in 1959, in the fall of 1959. I simply said, that's the girl I want to marry. What does it take 
to catch her. And she told me. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Because I love you more than I love the other stuff. This is how I want you to think today. Take time after the program or if you're doing something else tonight or whenever you have a chance. You sit down and say, Jesus, you and I, we need to have a talk. What am I doing? Am I placing you? Take an inventory of your life and find out if you line up with the word of God. And if you find out that ah, I'm not lining up here, not lining up there, change. Ask God to forgive you. Change. Stop drinking. Don't go to the porn sites anymore. Stop gambling. Whatever you have, side issues, just give them up. And someone says, well, I can't, I'm hooked. I, I can't stop smoking, I can't stop, you know, I'm, I'm hooked. Through Christ, you can. If that's the case, then just find somebody that can take you through a deliverance. Simple. Simply say this, I, I can't do it on my own. I'm going to look around. Who is it out there that can do a deliverance, get the demons out of me? I want to give this up, whatever it is that's holding you. So be active. But if you just sit there and say, well, I don't have the willpower, then you are never going to amount to anything in the kingdom of God. You got to take the initiative. And Jesus will meet you. All right. Let's start in on the will of God. <clears throat> the phrase, the will of God, is usually reserved for people who do not know what they are talking about. It is often used in times of accidents or great catastrophes. It's even found in insurance policies. When they speak of war and natural catastrophes as an act of God. People show their ignorance by blaming all evil and misfortune on God. Not knowing that, and not know that there is a life. If a person chooses to live in sin and not seek God, they are granted the freedom to do so. However, that person will have to face the consequences of his choice of death and pay the ultimate price in a lake of, lake of fire with eternal torment. So, as we continue here now, People show their ignorance by blaming all evil and misfortune on God, not knowing that there is a devil in the world using the sins of mankind to bring about destruction and death. People use that phrase that they have planned someday. 
and it did not work out. We blame the perceived misfortune and the will of God instead of putting the blame on ourselves where it truly belongs. So, I'm coming down here to the end of my program here today, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick it up here next time. So, let me just recap a few things now. Number one is this. If you really want to find out the will of God and you're interested in what I'm teaching you, there's a step you can do right now that doesn't cost you any money, but it will cost you some effort. You go to our website, eaec.org, eaec.org, European American Orange Crusades.org. And you go to the contact page and simply write to me and say, I want to have the written outline that you're working from. And give me your email address. And then what I will do is I will email you an electronic copy of this material. So you will have that in your possession. <clears throat> step number one. Now, step number two is this. You can start reading that. And you can look up the scriptures. Because when you hear something one time, it's, it might sound great to you, but five days from now, you says, well, yeah, I, I listened to John Terrell and Omega Man Radio last Thursday, and it was good, but I just can't remember what he said. I know it was good, but I don't remember it. I mean, I hear that all the time, heard it all the time as a pastor. After church is over, I stand at the door and greet people. I used to do that. And they came out and they would say, Pastor, it was a great sermon. I just can't remember what it's all about. But it was great, man. And I look at the guy and says, Well, you might as well just stay at home. You didn't catch nothing. So that's why when I preach, every Sunday I preach, I have an outline. I have all the scriptures laid out. I have all the talking points. <clears throat> it's usually two or three pages. So if you hear my sermon, you can sit down and say, well, okay, here's a scripture. You read this and read this and so on. You can study it, and that way you can really get the message where you understand it. But now that's W-O-R-K. And a lot of people don't like that word, W-O-R-K. That is a lot of work. You know, you, you want it spoon-fed. So that, that's the first thing you can do. And then simply say, God, I want to take an inventory of my life. Holy Spirit, search me. And then take a piece of paper and a pen or pencil and then write down everything that you do that you think that God doesn't like you'll be surprised what, what you will get when you do that and then look on your list and say wow I didn't know I had this much stuff then store the house cleaning and so, well, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to change here, change there, and change there. And that's how you repair 
your relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That you start. But if you only listen to me today, and you says, well, he got some good points, but you know, eh, another day, five days from now, you will not remember what I told you. It's gone. If you don't write it down, or if you don't have the outline that I offer you for free, and you go over it again, read the scriptures again, it'd be a lost. So you hear a lot of messages, a lot of good stuff you hear all day long from different sources on the internet. And somebody asks you five weeks later, what, what did the guy say? I don't know. All I know is the guy is good, but I don't remember nothing. Well, I wouldn't hire you working for me if that's your attitude. I would simply say, you know, find someone, you know, that um, you doesn't need a brain to work for. Work at a hamburger joint, slopping hamburger together. You don't have to think. So with that, I'm going to stop here. We do have a church, Resurrection Life of Jesus Church. We located in the greater Sacramento area, California. Every Sunday we have church. If you live in the greater Sacramento area, we would love to have you come and worship with us. We start at 9 o'clock in the morning, and uh, actually we, on the internet, on our webcast, we start at 8.30, where we have 30 minutes of great music, worship. And then at 9 o'clock, we have prayer time, and about 9.30 or so, I start preaching. Right now, I'm doing two sermons. I'm doing the NIP, which is National Intercessory Prayer. I do a prayer message because we try to right now to change things in the United States. And then I preach a regular sermon. I have outlines for both of them. Both outlines are laid out every Sunday we put them out about Friday or Saturday on a webcast, on a webpage. So if you want to listen to us, you live too far away, you can get the outline and you can listen, and that way you get the whole message. So that's what we do on Sundays. We do deliverances. Uh, I don't advertise it per se, but if people contact us and they says, well, you know, I, I got a problem with demons and so on, we do deliverances, uh, but you got to contact us, and then we start talking to you, and we will start the process uh, to get you set free from demons. And by the way, we are not like in some other ministries. We do not charge. We have a couple of books we charge for, but when we spend time with you in deliverance, there is absolutely no charge. Freely we receive, and freely we give. And finally, I want to say this to you. If you thought that the program today was worth a little bit, I want you to go to Shannon Davis' website, find his donation buttons. You got several of them. Find something that suits you and put in a generous offering to him today. I'm coming to you because Shannon Davis has his platform. 
I'm not paying for it. I don't get paid for this. This is what I do. I'm in my service for the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to keep Shannon because he got a family, got three children. He got a wife. He got to eat. He got to pay rent. He got to have some gas for his car. Uh, he can't live on, on fresh air. It's nice with fresh air, but you can't live on it. So go to him, put some money in there, and that way he'll be back, and I'll be back too. So with that, God bless you. Back to you, Shannon. Great word tonight, my friend. What would you like to title this episode for the archive? Clean up your life. I love that. Okay, clean up your life it is. Uh, my friend, God richly bless you. Thank you for partnering with me to do these programs. Folks, get over to eaec.org. And uh, love you much, my friend. Thank you for coming on tonight. Love you too, Shannon. Thank you, Brother John. God bless you. That was Pastor John Terrell. If you haven't been to his website, you need to check it out. It's one of the uh, the best designed websites I've ever seen. He has so many great articles there. Indexed. Got a great crew right there in Sacramento. And uh, you can also tune into their broadcast on Sunday afternoon, as he mentioned. If you're in the area, drop by and fellowship with them. Uh, go to their website. Uh, you can also get Christian Dynamics, the course books that uh, he's been doing some teaching out of here. Also, he's got a biography, which is pretty amazing. Go over there to eaec.org. Well, friends, um, welcome uh, to our birthday party here. Yeah, we don't have a cake, but um, I'm excited. Nonetheless, we made it 13 years. And uh, we started 13 years ago, June 22, 2010. I was reminiscing about it, and uh, I put a some clips, well, pretty much the whole thing, uh, prophetic word I had from Prophet Scott Lathrop long before I ever started the show, which was a confirmation from the Lord that we would start in some other specifics that have come to pass and more things to come. So, I'm waiting in expectation. The vision is yet for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. Much has already come to pass. And, uh, I share that in uh, episode one of Speak My Word, the genesis of Omega Man. And then we get into some word. So uh, we're going to do one more program here in just a minute. We're going to do an edition of Speak My Word. And before I do, let me just go ahead and close out this particular show and save it so I can get Brother John's message up tonight for you. Hold on. 